welcome to Messy Modern Ministry, a resource where we equip leaders to navigate the ups and downs of ministry in our modern world. My name is Kristen. And I'm Joe. And we are so excited to have you join us today. On this episode, we have Kim Moody, Long Island Director for Young Life. She's been with Young Life for eight years and recently became the Long Island Director and has been there for six years. Um, She is also married to a lead pastor and has been for 18 years, but uh, he has been a pastor for 13 out of the 18 years, which is incredible. She kind of has that outside ministry experience as well as inside the church experience. So Kim, thank you so much for being on the episode. If you would just go into kind of your journey, how you got involved with Young Life and describe what their their mission and goal is for us. Thanks, Joe and Kristen for the opportunity. Young Life is an organization that has been around for 79 years. Many people will say it's not just an organization, that it's a mission. Some folks will call it a parachurch organization. Um, We are kind of like an missional outreach piece of the church because when it was founded in Texas, uh, associate pastor named Jim Rayburn was told by his supervisor, his pastor, to go get the kids, the teenagers who were not inside the church walls to take the message of the gospel to them. And the pastor said, I'll, I'll take care of the kids in this wall, within our walls. And you can, you can go take the message to them. And that was the beginning of Young Life. And the target audience then has been for 79 years, are teenagers who are not found typically inside church walls. And I am on staff with Young Life because I was the target audience. When I was 15 years old, I was invited to go to this place. I wasn't allowed to go to many places. And apparently Young Life was known to be a positive place for teenagers to go in my town. And I was invited by a friend of mine and I loved it. It was in someone's home. There were like 60 high schoolers shoved into a room. It was fun. It was funny. Uh, there, It was a little bizarre. There was some singing of songs I knew, but I wasn't a great singer. And there was a guy who stood up who was super friendly, who opened the Bible and shared a truth from God's word. And all I know is after I left, I wanted to go back. That's all I knew. And so fast forward, I heard the message of God's love over a semester. And then for seven very full and succinct days at a Young Life camp and understood for the first time that Jesus died for me, for my sins in order to have a relationship with me. And it changed my life. Well, actually, I I was like, okay, God, I'll give you a chance. I really said that. I feel so bad now that I say that, but um, he was faithful. And I started going to a Bible study with Young Life where it was clearly taught that salvation was not only from something like eternal separation from God, it was actually to something. And that's being on mission, on God's mission their mission is go outside the four walls, right? You want to go reach these kids that probably would not feel comfortable stepping foot in a church. Uh, Maybe it's totally outside their comfort zones. 
maybe their parents have very negative opinions on the church, right? And so Young Life is this safe space for these people to come and, and hear the gospel. And so how does that kind of work um, when it comes to plugging kids into the church? I can speak to my own experience that Young Life, I would do a disservice without saying the whole foundation of what Young Life does is build relationships with caring adults, caring for kids. And so Young Life's, one of their big mantras is adults are earning the right to be heard, to share the gospel. So there's a lot of time spent building relationships. And these are authentic relationships because another Young Life uh, motto we say is we're going to love kids regardless of their response to the gospel. And our it's not to create or use kids for numbers or converse or whatever, but it's truly building relationships and friendships with them that many last a, a lifetime and loving them with God's unconditional love. So my experience as a child was I, I went to church if my neighbors invited me um, and I thought that was a good thing, but I was not in a, in a household that would go to church and I didn't have a reason to. So in my town, my youth pastor and my Young Life staff person were very close. There was no competition. It was a, an understanding that Young Life was a bridge for kids to hear the gospel and understand that God wanted a relationship with them. And church was a place for lifelong spiritual formation. I, I can speak to Long Island. Our great vision is that the bridge would be built. There are disinterested kids hundreds of thousands of them who aren't going to step foot into the walls of a church to hear the gospel. They, they need to know how much God loves them. And when they know and understand that through relationship, it makes it easy to say, hey, if you want to grow in this new faith of yours, here are places that are set up, hopefully, to teach you the basics of learning how to read and understand God's word and how to pray and worship and um, how to be part of community and to grow in your faith over a lifetime. Young Life College ministry is the end of our ministry, not relationships. Those, those do last a lifetime, but a lot of times once kids go to college, they need to know that the local church is the place to continue the growth or uh, the support that they need to grow in faith. So a Young Life event, how is that typically structured? Is it, it's not like, obviously it's not like a bait and switch type thing where it's like, this is a great, awesome party. Oh, here's Jesus. Like, how do you kind of, cause when kids who are unchurched here, Hey, you want to go to church with me? They immediately like shut down. They're like, no, I don't want to go there. That place is boring, blah, blah, blah. How do you guys kind of structure your events and the invites and the the reaching out to get kids to be like, oh, that sounds cool. That sounds great. Maybe I'll go check that out. Well, I had to do it when I was young. Is you say, come and see. It's very hard to explain, but here's the benefit. Uh, they come because they're invited by someone who knows them. The beginning of Young Life is not typically an event. It is leaders investing their lives in kids they know 
And sometimes those kids initially may be part of a church and may understand what it is to be on mission with their friends as the friend who invited me in high school. She understood and prayed for me and knew what, what the mission was. And, and as leaders are introduced to kids, they are building relationships. And so when kids are nowadays, relationships starve. They know what it is to be connected virtually, but to look in someone's eyes and have a conversation and someone who will listen intently, it's rare. And so when they get invited to a Young Life Club, which is a place 100% designed for a kid who's never been in church, it's safe, it's positive, it is fun and they will also hear about a 10 minute talk about the gospel and it's behind the curtain it's very strategic it's very laid out and honestly once you've been around young life a long time if you don't know why you're there you're like this is boring i'm like yeah no kidding like this is the same message it's been the same message for 2000 years <laughs> Um, but the difference is that missional piece of bringing your friends and praying. And um, we talk language around the Bible that is very non-churchy. So we don't assume people know anything about the stories that we're talking about. Most kids want to know about life. They want to know about love. And many want to know about God. And so... They're not offended by 10-minute talk from the Bible. I think Young Life does a lot of things well, but one thing I want to point to is this idea that you don't use churchy words. I think that sometimes we can have people walk into the church with an interest maybe in, in the gospel or hearing about Jesus, and we can very easily turn them off and not even realize because of how we say things or we hit on a story as if they should know. And somehow, accidentally, we make these people feel like they're outsiders and we're on the inside. Yeah, and I do think that typically relationship built before they get there is why, whether it's a, a kid who, maybe it's a Christian kid who understands, and I say this a lot nowadays to those kids, like they come because of you. They like you relationship leads to retention. I do think it's true within the church. A lot of what we do over time experientially as Young Life leaders is learn how to ask good questions and to listen well and look for the passions that other people have or commonalities. My husband loves to fish. So when people hear he likes to fish or they like to fish, we can connect them or have a conversation and then that breeds that good relationship or sense of belonging. There's those, it's kind of like a tiny, tiny fire, right? Those are the sparks that are like, oh, these folks are like me. You know, I do think in the Christian world where we are called to be set apart. And yet at the same time, there is some comfort for folks outside of the faith, the family of faith, where it's like, oh, these folks are normal or they're like they're not different than me 
you and I have talked about this before that in young life and even a lot of studies done nowadays for youth ministry, having kids belong is the most important aspect before they believe. Many will understand a sense of belonging before they believe. So making a space that is for them, they are not an outsider, that they can be who they are. And we don't, we don't talk about behaviors without talking about the heart for 12 months. No one is going to be transformed in their behaviors without first a change happening in their heart. How does a church leader, be it a pastor or a ministry leader, help build that sense of belonging to somebody who's visiting for the first time on a Sunday? Because I know as like maybe as a pastor or pastor's wife, there's a lot going on on a Sunday morning. That's your like full time job. Somebody new walks in. They're either they're either coming back or they're not. So how does somebody create that sense of I belong here in maybe a split second, you know, first interaction? Well, one, it's not just on a pastor. I think the the role of your lay leaders, need, it, they need to be trained. I have been through some training on belonging as well. Depending on the demographic that you're talking about, outside your building will actually communicate a lot. So do you have visitor spots? Do you have, do you have, are you accessible to people with disabilities? Um, you know, what, is it easy? Is there signage? Do I know how to go when I don't know what I'm doing? Um, so, and honestly, the, the website, people nowadays are going to look at your website. Then who are the first people, first faces they're going to meet? Those people need to be trained big time on how to greet, how to be friendly, how to not talk with their other small group or community group people while they're greeting because we have eyes out for people who are new and who are knowledgeable about where do your children go and where are the bathrooms and stuff like that. Um, but that that's training at the lay leadership level, in my opinion. And I will say this, you will have different people from different backgrounds, different ethnicities walking in your door. And if they never see themselves on your website or on up front, they will not think they belong, no matter how friendly everyone is. So having an experience both in the church and outside of the church in a missional aspect, what do you think is the main difference between the two? Well, unfortunately, and I don't know if this is across the board, but once again, I can speak from my experience. I asked a youth pastor once, do you feel like your students know what it means to be on mission? And the response was, I am planning a missions trip in the summer. So yes. And that is not the correct interpretation of Matthew 28, the great commission. That wherein Jesus says, therefore go and make disciples. The original language he's saying, as you go. So as you wake up in the morning and you throw on your clothes and grab your backpack, as you go, make disciples teaching them. And so one, you have to understand what Jesus teaching is before you can make disciples. But that is really a broad, wide, all encompassing life mission, not a week, 
in the summer. So I think that many churches view missions in that way. One week, one place, one time. And I love missions trips. I think God does mighty things in those. I do think that a greater understanding of Matthew 28 is what's needed. I also think for young people who grow up in the church, one of the reasons their faith is not formed fully before they leave at 18, typically, is that we have not taught them how to be on mission as they go. What are some ways that you would encourage them to live life on mission the way that you're talking about? I've talked to folks who are within the church that the, there must be a place, a common place where belonging can happen before we're trying to get people within our church walls. We say a lot from the scripture that we loved you so much. Paul says this, we loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. You know, I think sometimes nowadays we want, everybody wants to be famous. Everybody wants to have a large platform. Everybody wants to have a large following. And I don't know how biblical that is. I mean, Jesus did attract crowds, but he shared his life with 12 and really, really closely with three. And I mean, being on mission is a mindset. It's not even a go and do. You, you want to be on mission, grow in Christ, and pray for opportunities to share your faith as you go, no matter where that is. Is that, you know, a Starbucks in a city? Maybe. Is it a home? Is it some community center? Relationships are built to earn the right to share the gospel. And then if the gospel seed takes root, hopefully there's a church nearby that can help that person grow in faith. Why does somebody come to church at once and never come back again? For the course of history, the church's question has been, and I have to give this to Dr. Jim Singleton out of Gordon-Conwell, uh, the church's question has been, who is here? And Young Life's question and many missional churches, their question is, who is missing? And so that does lend itself to have a different focus. And my personal opinion is how, how do you solve the problems as you do it together with local churches understanding the training and the um, just kind of the methodology I do think Alpha does this very well for adults and having a place that creates community and belonging, bring your questions, and is also sharing the gospel in a non-threatening way that relationships are strategically built. That's the bridge. But it has to be coordinated. There has to be coordination. There has to be collaboration. And I don't think it's effective unless we don't do it together. Have you ever received any pushback when you've reached out to collaborate? Um, yes. <laughs> There's a lot of pushback. So what are some reasons why people would push back? Well, if your church is only asking the question, who is here? You don't care who's missing. And, you know, the psychology of change is huge. 
So to do something new and different requires a unique perspective. And it seems risky because there hasn't often been a lot of coordination and collaboration around anything other than, you know, a one week mission trip, something like that. So yes, I, I continually pray that folks in the, and it is happening on Long Island because I've been here long enough to see the difference that more and more folks within church walls are looking at who is missing are understanding more of spiritual formation of young people being on mission and how we do that and are willing to work together. How do you feel that church leaders, ministry leaders can be more intentional about making sure their congregation is not just looking in about who's here. It's not just a social club, but really living on mission. Well, I think, and my husband would say, that preaching the word and giving people the vision of doing that over time, having folks and encouraging them to be in small groups or to really be working together as a church on one-on-one -on -one discipleship. A lot of young people, you know, right next to the university are coming into our church wanting mentors and we don't have enough people right now ready and willing to mentor them. And that's sad. But that, I also know of folks who, who used a kind of one-on-one, -on -one, let's meet, let's just meet and read the Bible. A lady went to a, a her mas massage therapist, the lady who owns the place started meeting with her. And over the course of 12 months came to faith just from reading the Bible together. So it is stories like that and, and continually, uh, I feel like we need to be more, less siloed within the church. It's not just youth ministry, not just women's Bible study. I mean, women's Bible study is the 16 year old girl that's in the youth ministry. Like women investing in women can happen across kind of the, the boundaries that we currently set up, in my opinion. So Kim, um, I know you said Young Life is global. If somebody was interested in learning more about Young Life or getting involved, how would they go about doing that? The best way to do that, no matter where folks are, is to initially go to the national website, www.younglife.org. There's a map, and I think there's a button you can click that says Young Life Near Me and you will be able to contact your closest staff person. And that would, that would be where I would suggest to go and, and say, I've heard about Young Life and I wanna know more, I would like to be involved, and that would start the process. There are folks who partner in many different ways to be a Young Life leader. Um, there is a training program everywhere, there is a Young Life leader. Uh, you know, there can be adults who uh, don't have time to be a Young Life leader who want to serve on an adult committee. Every area is kind of supported by an active committee of volunteer adults. You could be an adult helper just to help with an event or, you know, here and there. Every area has a number that they raise their finances through so people can give. Or you could just say, I want to pray for your area. 
that is the main places that people can get involved. So in conclusion, for those leaders who are listening, relationship leads to retention. It's up to everybody on your leadership team to make somebody who is new to your church feel like they belong. Learn how to ask good questions and learn to listen. This builds a relationship and earns you the right to share the gospel message, which then could lead to someone living a lifetime of faith. Remember, if you guys want to get involved with uh, Young Life, you can visit their website at www.younglife.org. You can click on the Long Island region, or you can email younglifelongisland, spelled out fully, at gmail.com. Kim, thank you so much for being on the episode. It was a pleasure talking with you. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Kristen. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to hear more, make sure you subscribe. Also, we would love to hear from you. So down below, you can leave us a review or a comment. Yeah, and you can also follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Messy Martyr Ministry for any teasers or updates on future episodes. Have a great day, guys. Bye. <laughs>